Well, which Scooter Gang did you like more, Matt? The Scooter Gang in the Book of Boba Fett or the Scooter Gang in Larry Crown? You know what? I guess I have to, by default, go with the Book of Boba Fett because at least there was like kind of like some good vibrancy and color to the uh, scooters they were riding. They had some fun action scenes as opposed to Larry Crown, the worst movie I've ever seen, as we all know. <laughs> um, that Scooter Gang, I'm not 100% sure what their motivation was. Apparently, they were all dating each other, and they didn't like that Larry Crown, who is like a 90-year-old man, wanted to date them too. Um, and there there was nothing exciting about it. So as much as it pains me to say, I think I have to go with Book of Boba Fett has the better scooter gang. And Matt, can you remind me, uh, who directed and wrote Larry Crown? Uh, Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> a true shame a true shame and i'll say i said it on go back and check it out everybody on our best rom-com brackets this year i said it there i'll say it again tom hanks one of our great actors he needs to get in front of the camera and never go behind it again garbage director (laughs) garbage writer What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Arnie's. We are three foundlings, four cents of the creed, who definitely don't want any part of it. I'm Matt Johnson, and I want to know, what do these masked mandos smell like? (laughs) I'm Keith Baker, and I'm happy we got Davy Jones in this season. That space pirate looks terrible. Uh, (laughs) And I'm Austin Terry, and I never want to see a Mandalorian fight a space monster again. On today's show, of course, we are returning to The Mandalorian over on Disney+. Plus. It's been two and a half years since season two of The Mandalorian, which is crazy to think about. And now it is time for season three. Austin and Keith, let everyone know your thoughts on The Mandalorian in general. I mean, it's been so long since we talked about it. It's crazy to think that we were still doing this podcast when The Mandalorian season two was out. And I think we were doing weekly episodes at that time. So kind of catch everybody up if they haven't heard. What do you think of this show in general, as well as your non-spoiler thoughts on season three? Now that we only have like, I think, three episodes left, maybe. Yeah, I would say I've enjoyed, for the most part, everything The Mandalorian has put out up until season three. Uh, and that's a little tease to get into things later. But season one and two, I, I really enjoyed with The Mandalorian. I thought they had a, I thought they found a good way to make Star Wars fun and not tell a story so centric on the Empire and the Rebellion and all the stuff we've seen so many times. I enjoyed season one, but I thought season two was significantly better than season one. I thought they found a good way to have a central plot, but also work in the kind of fun side stories that the show likes to do. Um, and going into season three. I think my biggest issue is that there is no central plot. It almost feels like they don't know what story they want to tell with this season. Um, I think so far, this is like one of the most boring seasons of TV I've watched this year, maybe since the book of Boba Fett. Um, I'm very underwhelmed with this season. I honestly don't even want to finish it. I think it's pretty terrible. Um, I've, I've kind of been dreading every week when a new episode comes out because I get more and more disappointed and frustrated with this season. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I don't like The Mandalorian season three, and it kind of bums me to say that because I really enjoyed season one and season two. I'm pretty much along the same lines as you, Austin, as far as season one and season two. I might be a little higher in season one than you, but uh, season two is definitely stronger for me as well. Uh, lots of good uh, story points, good action. Um, they brought in a lot of really, really neat side characters. Um, and then the way the story progressed, it felt like it was building towards something, uh, which was enjoyable. But yeah, going to season three, I'm pretty much with you. I was thinking the same exact line that you just said, like, bummed is like the best word I can uh, think of right now. It's like, man, like, I love Star Wars. I love watching all these shows, but 
this season is really bumming me out. You are a resident Star Wars fanboy, so when Star Wars bombs, it bombs really hard yeah, for you. and I'm trying my best to like it. That's the thing. Like, I'm trying really hard, but it's like, I'm kind of like you. It's getting kind of boring. There's one episode in here that I think was actually pretty good that I'll, you know, share with you guys later, and maybe you guys might agree or disagree. But the other ones, other, the other four, yeah, not a lot's going on in them. I don't know what the, what the overall... Uh, intention or motivation of this of this season is i don't know what they're what they're trying to get at i think there's definitely some uh some characters they maybe shouldn't have brought back from the previous seasons um that were weaker and the editing is off um everything just kind of seems off about this season and and it just seems very weak weak is the best way, best way i can really put it um i'm just not very satisfied with what we're getting i feel like they should be Getting it should be getting better and better as it goes along, and it's just it's going the complete opposite direction. So I hate to say it, but yeah, season three has just not been great for me so far. Matt, I know you're going to jump in here with your thoughts, but I want to reiterate a point Keith made because I think it's very astute with this season and this show. There are so many characters that they keep feeling the need to bring back and give screen time to that we never needed to see after last season. Uh, Pelimoto, do not care. Why is she in the show? <laughs> we give so much time to this character, it's pointless. Yeah, that's fair. I, I agree with that. It's a big ensemble cast. I think they do a decent job of like giving the cast like those super side characters like that. I mean, she was only in like one episode, I think, if I remember right. <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, no, one episode too many for me. Agreed, agreed. But still, it's like, okay, you know, it's just like one catch up with an old friend type of thing for Mando. Uh, but we have a lot of characters that are in multiple episodes this season, which feels a little bit different from past seasons. Uh, this season's been very weird for me. Um, I watched the first one when it came out. I think like the second that it was available, I probably watched. I probably stayed up late to watch it because I wasn't sleeping. Uh, and I was like, that kind of sucked. It probably put you to sleep. Yeah, I, I felt great after that. I went right to sleep. <laughs> um, and I watched the second one the week after. And to be honest, I don't even really remember my thoughts on it. I think there were some things I thought were cool when it came to like some of the Mandalore stuff. But... Nothing about it was good or cool enough to compel me to keep watching. And I think I talked about uh, with Austin off air about some of that stuff in the past. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I haven't watched it. And then whenever we were trying to figure out what episode to record this week, it was like, oh, we're going to do Mandalorian. OK, that's cool. But I have to watch like, I think, four episodes or whatever it is, like three or four, because I haven't been watching since episode two. And that's the first time in Mandalorian's history where I've like just been like, I don't really care. Uh, and that's like kind of weird to talk about because I did not like season one, like really at all, but I still watch it every week. Uh, season two, <laughs> I thought was so much better. And the the main reason why you guys both alluded to it is because even though it had the same structure, like of eight episodes and like that whole season one of Mandalorian thing, it had the structure of like, there's going to be a lot of like side content here. You know, it's not going to be a straight line to the end game, like the end goal. And I was like, Okay, but I felt like taking Mando and Grogu and it's like, okay, we need to get Grogu to this Jedi that he's been like somehow communicating with. That's the goal. And it took like eight episodes to get there. And I thought it was super compelling. The side stuff found like a really cool way to inform the main stuff. Like whenever Grogu, I always think about him like meditating on that, like that hill. And then that's when they reintroduce Boba Fett and Boba Fett kind of takes out all the guards coming in to get Grogu. And it's like, oh, that was a good timing. And then Grogu and Mando kind of relate to each other, become friends. It's like, wow, that was a cool way to do like a side thing and tie it into the main story. 
Season three has been really dropping the ball on that because like Austin said, I don't know what the main story is because they certainly set it up that it was retaking Mandalore. I won't spoil anything, but it's taken over half of the season. And now I'm kind of like, oh, I I, I think that's what it is, <laughs> but I still don't know. It still seems like, oh, maybe we need to train Grogu. We need to spend more time with him. Maybe we need to spend more time outside of the Mando characters and learn about other characters. It's just very odd. The best thing I'll say about it, and this is the last thing I'll say, is I was dreading doing this episode because I knew timing-wise I was going to have to watch like three or four back-to-back, and I did not really want to. But you know what? I I thought, okay, this isn't bad. I had a better time than I was thinking, and maybe that's because I got to binge it. I wasn't like watching one episode and then waiting a week to watch another 30-minute episode. That's probably the best thing I can say. I do have a lot of positive I want to talk about, but I'm still just so confused about the focus of this season. Yeah, the focus of this season is is the big thing for me, because um, there's no, like, with season two, we had, who is this Jedi figure? Who is who is Google going to go to? We had that, like, hook of, I want to understand this mystery. That's totally absent in season three. There's no, like, guiding direction. And I thought the Mandalore stuff was going to be really cool and interesting, um, also a minor spoiler, but we've been to Mandalore twice now and it's super boring. So I, yeah. if that's the hook for this season, I don't care. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Or at least give us more information about Mandalore to make us want to be interested in it. Maybe there's some stuff about it we don't know about yet, but they don't talk about it at all. It's like, we have to go back to Mandalore. It's like, okay, why? Why do you want to go back there so bad? Like, it looks like a pretty shitty planet from the looks of it. This is one of those things, <laughs> Keith, I don't know about you. I know you've watched, I know Austin started, but I know Mandalore plays a huge role into Star Wars Clone Wars, but I haven't watched that yet. And I do want to watch it. I am excited to watch it, but I shouldn't have to watch it to understand like the wow moments of Mandalore. Whenever Bo-Katan has moments of like talking about it and then you hear like a quick like a music sting, it's like, I feel like I'm supposed to feel something, but I don't because I know nothing about this place. And this show should balance those moments while also setting up what this is. And they skip over that because I think Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni and the team were like, well, they probably watched Star Wars Clone Wars, right? And it's like, well, I didn't. And I'm sorry I didn't. I will. I promise. But you're, you're kind of like messing up some of this stuff because I think you expected us to watch that. I agree. Yeah, it, this show should be able to balance educating the average viewer on some of the Star Wars stuff and then also still having fan moments for people who have watched the Clone Wars and are more heavily invested in this franchise than others. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm with you, though, Matthew. I'm not completely negative on this season so far. There yeah, are some positives. Yeah. Um, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're talking about it, I'm excited to get into spoilers. I think I'm going to have maybe the biggest surprise of my like my <laughs> biggest positive might really surprise you guys. I'm excited to get to that. So that's probably the best tease. Everybody, if you have not watched The Mandalorian season three, I'm sure you have. But if you have not watched episodes one through five at this point, we have eight episodes this season. So we're over halfway. If you've not checked those out over on Disney Plus, go check them out and then come on back to listen to our conversation. There's a lot to talk about. And that's always my favorite conversations, even if there's something that we don't really love that much. But it has a lot of interesting stuff, good or bad, to talk about. I think that makes for some of our favorite combos. So I'm super excited. Uh, Here's your official and final spoiler warning. I'm excited to get into this episode. Uh, I am terrified for the Ahsoka show now. (laughs) (laughs) All 
Alright everybody, welcome to Spoiler Territory. There is so much interesting in both good and bad ways to talk about with The Mandalorian Season 3 so far. Austin and Keith, though, let's start it off as we always do. Who are our cast and crew? Alright, so The Mandalorian is of course created by Jon Favreau, and this season has seen episodes directed by Rick Famawea, Rachel Morrison, Lee Isaac Chung, Carl Weathers, and Peter Ramsey. Our writers for this season are John Favreau, Dave Filoni, and Noah Clore. And our score for the show is composed by Ludwig Gordson and Peter Shirley. And, of course, based on characters from Star Wars, originally created by George Lucas. And going into our cast, we have Pedro Pascal as Din Djarin, the Mandalorian. Katie Sackhoff as Bo-Katan. Carl Weathers as Grief Karga. Omid Apahi as Dr. Pershing. Emily Swallow as the Armorer. Amy Sedaris as Pelimoto. Tamara Morrison as the voice of the clones, Katie M. O'Brien as Elia Kane, Paul Sun Hong Lee as Carson Teva, John Favreau as Paz Vizsla, Wesley Kimmel as Ragnar Vizsla, and we got Tim Meadows as Colonel Tuttle, and we got Ahmad Best as Keller and Beck, the Jedi that saved Grogu. Best played Jar Jar in the prequels. All right, guys. Misa, Misa! (laughs) Misa, Misa, Grogu! (laughs) All right, guys. There's our cast and crew. Any positives? Any negatives? What do we got? Yeah, I'm going to give a big old stinking negative to every writer that has worked on season three. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what they're thinking. They came off such a high note of The Mandalorian season two. Also, in the Book of Boba Fett, everything they gave us from The Mandalorian was great. Um, so I don't know what happened in between now and then. It really feels like they lost their direction and the purpose and the reason for the show existing. They still haven't justified season three's existence to me. And um, I think all of our character moments just feel very cheap and hollow. Every time they have to go up and fight a space monster feels pointless. It just feels like we're, they're wasting my time with this season. And you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm also going to give a negative to Pedro Pascal as Din Djar in The Mandalorian. I think his voice acting this season sounds hollow and it sounds like he's bored as hell with this show. I think it's always sounded like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wouldn't say bad acting, but I think it's always sounded very distant <laughs> and hollow. You have to know how to navigate star charts, Grogu. Yeah. I'm not on set for this show. It's, it's, I've never understood like the, the amount of love that he's gotten for this specifically, because it's, <laughs> it's not great. It, it's very... I don't think it's his fault, though. I think that's the direction of the voice acting. And it's not, I think it ties into the, the writing, too. Yeah, probably, yeah. All the Mandalorians sound weird. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the only one that sounds good is Katie Sackhoff, because she's literally a professional voice actor. Yeah, that's true. I think she sounds the best. But the, they're, they're still even voicing her. Like, they're forcing her, I should say, <laughs> to, like, just be a voice actor this season when she's in live action. <laughs> <laughs> so even that's kind of odd. I, I, I think she's great this season, but I have a lot of questions about the character that I'm, I'm curious to kind of probe your guys' mind. Um, this is an interesting list for me. I don't know. I think I'll give some positives. I don't think I'm going to give a negative today. I'll, I'll give some positives. I want to shout out Carl Weathers, of course, as Grief Karga, not only because he's great as the character, but because he directed my favorite episode so far, I think. Didn't he direct the pterodactyl episode? The one that has like the most wasted did, time of anything did. this I, season? I thought it was the previous episode, so I can't, <laughs> I can't say that. So no. Wait, the previous episode was the Pershing episode, also wasted time. Oh, you're right. Ooh. Okay, okay, so hold on, hold on. So let me see. Can I even give a positive or negative here? Hold on. Let me read this list again. Uh, okay. 
I'll do I'll do a fun one. I don't have much positive to say. There is one that I think deserves at least a little shout out because it's such a fun fact. I think we need to give our boy Ahmed Best as Keller and Beck <laughs> a shout out because I thought he was cool as the Jedi that saved Grogu. I thought that was a fun sequence. I liked his scenes. I liked that. And it made me for the first time in three seasons of the show actually curious about Grogu's past because, correct me if I'm wrong, but in, like in season one, I think maybe we saw like, like a literal like like two second flash of like, oh, Grogu was at Order 66. And then in season two, maybe we got a little bit more. But here we got an actual sequence. And I like that it didn't end with like Keller and Beck getting killed. I like that it was like, oh, they're, they're going out. They're uh, hitting hyperspace. They're probably going to go to the path that we saw in Obi-Wan Kenobi or like Jedi's that survived Order 66 are like kind of a secretly going through. I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm curious to see how Grogu for the first time like got from there to where he was at in that first episode of Mandalorian in season one. And I think Ahmed Best did like a good job in that performance. And it was fun to see him. So that's really my main positive. I just thought that was like a super cool kind of cameo, kind of main role. I'm sure we'll see him again. But either way, I like that. So I don't disagree with you, but I do have some pushback because yes, I think it's really cool for Ahmed Best to get to come back to Star Wars and, and play a really cool Jedi character. At the same time, I do feel like this was also kind of wasted because they didn't reveal anything new about Grogu for me. I already knew he was there for Order 66. And you could and you could have assumed that he got away. So, yeah, yeah that's fair. That's and I fair. also think you're giving the show a little bit of credit for something you haven't seen yet. Because if they yeah. don't show us the path or any of that stuff, then it's kind of like, what was the point of this flashback? That's true. That's fair. That's fair. All right. It sounds like this, this will be my final hot take. Uh, I don't know if I'll have a hotter one, so I'm just going to say it. I'm not saying in terms of character. But in terms of acting, I think they deserve a shout out because they got a pretty big highlight this season, for better or worse. I think Omid Abtahi and Katie M. O'Brien as Dr. Pershing and Elia Kane. Is that episode necessary? I don't know yet, but I thought they were very good in it. So that I, I do want to shout them out for that. I think that's like some of the best acting we've seen this season, but I just don't know about the characters 100% yet. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's hard for me to separate those characters and the performances from how much wasted time I thought that episode has felt yeah, like so almost, far. That's the longest episode, almost a full hour. Yeah, that could change uh, by the time we get to the finale if I finish the season. But I don't know. There's something about it that felt off. I felt I really wanted to like Dr. Pershing, but I also was like, why are we going back to this character from season one that I have no connection to? So I was kind of torn on that episode. In a weird way, it felt like how and when you were watching Book of Boba Fett and then like chapter whatever comes up and it's like, oh, this one's called the Mandalorian and the Mando walks in. And then you're also surprised about how the next episode is also the Mandalorian. It's like, oh, OK. And this was kind of the same thing. I thought it was like going to be like a quick little thing. And then it was most of the episode. But at the same time, I was like, wow, this is kind of interesting it's cool to be back at coruscant i'm interested in what this character is doing i'm not 100 sure about what the arc is based on what we've seen him do previously and my main question is the way they ended it i was like oh is he dead are they gonna do more i don't know i guess we'll talk why about is he it. here yeah exactly yeah i don't know <laughs> i also think this season really and maybe it's not fair but I have noticed kind of the Andor effect with this season where, oh, it's exciting to see Coruscant, but Andor did Coruscant way better and way more interesting. 
oh, it's excited to see the New Republic maybe not be perfect. Andor also did that way more interestingly. Season two felt way more mature. This feels like for kids. Does it feel like that because we're coming off of Andor, which is way more of like an adult-focused show? I don't know. But I, after something as great as Andor was, it's kind of been a noticeable step down to come into The Mandalorian after how great that show was. Yeah, that's exactly what my dad and I were t- saying today. We were talking about it, and I was like, do you think Andor... I asked him, I was like, do you think Andor was just too good? And now coming back to Mando, it's just feeling like, you know, man, Andor is like a, a 45 pound weight. And now we're coming back to Mando and it just feels like a measly, like two and a half pound weight. It's just, it's just not, it's just not carrying itself like it did before after seeing Andor. I think it's fair to hold Star Wars to that standard though, because they've proven they can do it. And if we, if everyone just keeps accepting mediocre stuff, we're not going to get stuff like Andor in the future. Yeah. Okay. So that, that that's the right word to use. We shouldn't accept mediocre stuff. I think when it comes to Andor... I love that. I mean, I I can honestly say I think Empire Strikes Back and or like those are my top two Star Wars things of all time. I would throw Rogue One in there. Uh, I I think you're crazy. Uh, (laughs) um, uh, No, I I hear you. Definitely not solo. Great movie. Great movie. I think we all agree on that. (laughs) Um, And or is so good. And the writing of that is so specific with what Gilroy is doing. But I've always been of the camp that the rest of the Star Wars shows, they shouldn't have that writing. And whenever I say that, people are like, oh, you want it to be bad? I'm like, no, I don't want it to be bad. I just don't think all the Star Wars shows would fit that writing style. I want them to have that writing quality, but I don't think that type of writing would work for every show. But now watching this, it's like, it's not the, for me, it's like now that I've watched this many episodes, it's not that Mando season three is like, not up to snuff it's just that the writing is not good <laughs> it's not because i'm like yeah. i wish this was as good as andor it's like no it's just it, it's weird <laughs> it's just weird in general so i don't know i'm curious how this will continue because it's very odd <laughs> and i don't think every single project needs to be like star wars for adults because yeah. there should definitely be like star wars for kids yeah but i also think they have such like weird moments where like Grogu is trying to hug a puppet alien and he's like, down, down, put me down. It's like, they didn't do that in season one and two. And it's very clear, like he ate the eggs, but that was a little bit darker. Like it it felt more like a learning a cultural (laughs) thing, you know, whereas this was like, this was so clear. This is just so they could put out a Twitter clip of Grogu hugging a puppet alien and being like, look how cute he is. He just wanted a hug and like stuff like that. It feels like they kind of dumbed it down this season. Season one or season two, the action was just a little bit way more intense and and we're facing uh, a lot darker of characters and then we're going into season three and like you said everything just kind of feels like it's regressed in a lot of ways yeah i'm just scared that season three is going the way of season one and season one really when you go back and watch it is just the ending of episode one the pilot whenever like he opens this pod and like there's like a fucking baby yoda in there and then that final shot the wide shot of him like putting his finger down and like they touch fingers is like wow that's What's going to happen? Like, I have no idea. And then the rest of the season just meandered until the finale when Moff Gideon showed up. And it's like, I need that baby. And it's like, oh, okay, this is the point of the season. And season two was so much better about, okay, we need to get Grogu to a Jedi. That's going to take eight episodes. It's going to take the whole season. But we're going to, like, focus on that the entire time. They nailed it. They introduced side stuff throughout there. Season three, I... Austin said it right at the beginning, non-spoilers. I couldn't tell you what the goal is. I think now 
now that we're five episodes in, out of eight, I think it is we're going to retake Mandalore. That's how this last episode ended. So that's my assumption. But still, okay, we're training Grogu to be a Mandalorian. Bo-Katan has her own arc. Mando seems kind of complacent after bathing in the waters of Mandalore. It's like, I don't really know. And Dr. Pershing, did he die at the end of that episode? I don't know. And if not, I assume he has a big story to continue because they give him a full episode. I don't know. So I just don't know what the focus of this is. Um, and it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird problem to have. <laughs> do you feel like we're spending too much time away from Mando with this season? Because we do have the Coruscant episode. Um, we have a lot of stuff with like Brief Karga and, and the Republic Scouts and Bo-Katan. And it doesn't feel like Mando is our main character this season. So what are your thoughts on that? It do, he does kind of feel like a background character right now. He just now seems to be part of the group now. It's him and Katie Sackoff or Bo-Katan and then the armor and the rest of the gang. It just seems to be collectively a, a, the group of Mandalorians now and now Din Djarin. It's just, he's one of them, which is cool, but yeah, it's not really focusing on him except for like the, the second episode when he goes to the, the waters. He doesn't have a lot of dialogue either. It feels like he's just kind of saying a few words here and there um, and saying, like you said earlier, Grogu, don't, don't, don't hug him. Leave him alone. That's kind of seems to be the climax of his character right now. So, yeah, I, he's just not super interesting to me. I think the setup for the season was great. And it's like, OK, so we have season three. That's where uh, Mando is going to try and redeem himself. And I think the hope for all of us was we would at least get some dialogue about why he's redeeming himself because it's not super exciting. I mean, I certainly don't fucking fist pump whenever I see like the armorer and Paz Vizsla and it's like all of these like crazy cultist Mandalorians. I'm not like excited about Mando doing the same thing. And I'm definitely not excited about him passing that specifically on to Grogu. I mean, that sounds awful. So it's like, I thought he would bathe in the waters maybe towards the end of the season and then decide, I don't want that. I'm not saying that would have been better. I'm just saying that's what I expected. And now they've given us a season where they've knocked that out right at the beginning. And now he's just kind of there. I think it goes back to the whole, what is the central plot of this season? Because I couldn't tell you that. I don't know what the storyline is for this season because I thought it was going to be, I need to retake Mandalore. And I need to redeem myself. To retake Mandalore, I need Bo-Katan's help. I need her army. And I have to go kill whatever is on Mandalore to get to the waters. That's what I thought the season was going to be. And then in the second episode, he redeems himself. And he just sits there and goes, I'm redeemed. <laughs> and so that kind of kills that, that plot line <laughs> yeah. off. So what is he there for right now? Because I guess it's to train Grogu, but that's not an interesting show. Because I thought Grogu was going to be a Jedi. Yeah, me too. And also to bring that uh, like former point even further... It just seems like they they brought in Bo-Katan in some really cool ways to kind of experience, you know, this different version of the Mandalorians. In some ways, it's weird that she's like going along with it. In some ways, I like it. Um, but then our episode ends, like our most recent episode ends with her like, okay, I'm taking up the mantle. I've walked both worlds. I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to take back Mandalore. And it's like, Okay. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. I, I will say this. Bo-Katan so far is the most interesting character this season. I agree. She at least has an arc. And I'm curious to see how she is going to walk both worlds. 
But I also came to the show to see The Mandalorian and Grogu. So, like, who who is the main character? It goes back to that question. Yeah, and, and forgive me, I, I may be getting my Star Wars canon wrong. I'm, I feel like I'm trying to put myself back at the season two finale. But wasn't the whole thing that for Bo-Katan Bo always wanted to take back Mandalore, but she couldn't because she didn't have the dark saber. So doesn't she now at this point, she's like, I'm going to take back Mandalore. Doesn't she need the dark saber? So doesn't she need to fight Mando, which she could have done like five years ago in our timeline or whatever it is? It is weird that the dark saber hasn't come up at all. It like has said not it one time. this season. How weird. Yeah. Bo-Katan just asks him in the opening episode, do you have the dark saber? He says yes, yeah. and then she says, I can't help you. So it's like, okay. But then she helps him, so she went against that. Yeah, that was weird. Now she has to go get all the other Mandalore, but she's also said the other Mandalore don't respect me because I don't have the Darksaber. So at what point is the Darksaber going to come up in any conversation? Yeah, and now like the, the armorer is saying, you walk both worlds. So she's telling Bo-Katan, you can go recruit everybody. And take off your helmet. Exactly. But based on our previous knowledge, she can't bring them in without the dark saber and she has said that in order to bring them in so it's like oh okay so i guess she's just going to go out without her helmet and uh try and bring them in i i have a theory about okay i have a little conspiracy theory about this season so the redemption was set up to be a big plot of this season they even teased it in the book of boba fett show i have a theory that pedro went to the creators and said hey I'm really busy right now. I can't be on set a whole lot. I can still do your dumb little voice thing, but I'm not going to be there. And so they just redeemed him really quick in the season. That way he had to keep his helmet on for the entire season. And Pedro just had to do the voice stuff and didn't have to appear on set. Mm. I'm going to go on the complete opposite end. It's like, I, I hear what you're saying, but it's like, I, I, I hate that he's being redeemed. I think that's so uninteresting. And I hate that he's now it's too easy. He's too. now forcing his redemption onto Grogu to now be a foundling to become a Mandalorian. It's like I just think I'm not trying to rewrite your show, but him like becoming a Mandalorian who has been a Mandalorian since almost birth when he was like kind of rescued by them. And now he's just, I don't know, going about his life, doing the bounties and doing all this shit. And it's like, oh, I took off my mask too many times. I'm going to go bathe in the waters of Mandalore. Oh, I, I bathed them. I'm redeemed. I'm going to keep my mask on. It's like, I don't know. Wouldn't it be more interesting if he, like, rejected that philosophy? Because they, they gave us Bo-Katan. Wasn't that the point of her? To, like, show us a Mandalorian that, like, wasn't about that life? And then in this show, and shouldn't he be she's annoyed just curious that he had to go through it. all this? Yeah, I would think so. So to your point, Austin, I don't know if that's the exact reason, but it does seem like, oh, we redeemed him and now he's a Mando again. And I'm like, wow, I, I never gave a fuck about that. That's not at all what I was interested in. The redemption just seemed way too simple for me. They did it in episode two. Like they, they teased this. They teased this for two and a half years. And he just yeah. <laughs> sits in the water and goes, I'm redeemed. That training montage in the pterodactyl episode is like some of the worst stuff I've ever seen. It was really bad. One point win. That was like a Taekwondo tournament that I went to when I was like seven years old. I was like, <laughs> wow, this is on par. That's kind of shocking. <laughs> also, they either need to get Andy Circus and mocap or never show me a puppet Grogu flipping around with the force again because I look horrible. Yeah, that, that Grogu flip when he was fighting the kid was probably the worst thing the show has ever produced. When he did the front flip and then the back flip over, and he did like 
close-ups as he did it. <laughs> it was like, wow, wow, wow. That's bad. And you, and you know they have a budget. Like, this they is do. Star Wars' premiere thing. I don't like that Grogu's even in this season. I wish he Oh, that's right, back. Keith. That's right. We forgot about that. I'm Honestly, I'm starting to side with you, Keith, because when has the plan ever been for him to become a Mandalorian? That feels so shoved he in there. He had the perfect ending with season two for him to go with Luke, and that was that should have been it of his story. He's now when I when I talked about editing earlier, they are constantly cutting to Grogu's face and reaction to everything that's going on. It's just like if if Din Jarn's shooting at something, it cuts to Grogu like, eh, eh, eh. and then if 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 he's talking to Grief Karga, eh, eh, Karga it just please. yeah Karga he <laughs> it just cuts to his face non-stop it's because and just to get him his little baby reactions it's like oh my god we get it at some point he's got to speak right i mean that's that's the great question austin because let's talk about it let's talk about it. let's get deep into star wars for once on this show because we don't like star wars except for keith <laughs> so let's get into it <laughs> so of course my immediate thought in uh grogu's flashback is so he's like 60 years old right because the Flash, if you're looking at where he is in Mando Season 3, I think Revenge of the Sith Order 66 would be like 30, 35 years previously. And he looks the exact same. He's a baby. Yeah. And we know Yoda died at like 900 years old. So we have a long way to go <laughs> for <laughs> Grogu to speak, which I only bring up because... They say something along the lines of like, until he speaks, he can't be one of us or whatever it is. So it's like, okay, well, that's going to be in like probably conservatively 20 seasons from now. (laughs) (laughs) We we don't know. Well, And also, if you just if you just think about the flashbacks of him being at the Jedi Temple and training and who is he communicating with? Because he's just going, (laughs) so what was he learning? (laughs) I mean, the question is, was was Yoda or Yaddle involved with that? I know it sounds fucking stupid, but we have to bring it up if this is like a Yoda or Yaddle looking child. I mean, if he was there, he should have interacted with Yoda. I mean, yeah, it seemed that much seems clear. We just haven't seen any scenes of them. But I, but I have and you to know wonder. what? <laughs> if that had been if that had been the flashback, that's new information. That would have been pretty cool. It wouldn't have felt like wasted time. Would have been pretty cool. So I don't know. I want to see that. <laughs> or give us Yaddle. I mean, we saw her in uh, Tales of the Jedi. Let's see her in this. I don't know. Could be Grogu's mama. <laughs> Could be Grogu's mama. <laughs> All right. We went on a tangent there. Um, let's, let's circle back now to Bo-Katan. The only interesting I've found in this season so far has been her being targeted by a mysterious Imperial warlord. Did you guys like that sequence of her homeworld getting destroyed? Do you have any theories about why she's being targeted? Do you think this is Moff Gideon? Because they keep teasing him. I guess he's coming back. Well, we got we got like the first major tease at the end of our most recent episode where he clearly escaped the prison ship. So he's definitely coming back. We got to have our boy John Carlos Bazito back. But what's his motivation? Is it just the None dark of us saber know. again? We don't know. Because we've seen that. We don't care or know. We know he's in the season. He's coming. But we don't care or know. It's kind of implied that she's kind of done a lot of crazy shit, right? 
when she had her other her other team members with her. Well, she says that too. She says, I've pissed off a lot of Imperial warlords. But I hope that's not the only reason, because this was an extended sequence. I, I think it will. I think the ties to the past are from both Star Wars, um, Clone Wars, and Rebels. But I think they're doing a good job post-Return of the Jedi of reintroducing Bo-Katan. I think she's a very interesting character. I like the dynamic between her and uh, Mando when it comes to being, like, different <laughs> Mandalorians. I love that. And I think I, I could probably say the best thing about this season is, despite that feeling, I kind of liked that she was, I wouldn't say liked, but I would say curious about the Mando customs that she had criticized in season two. I kind of like that you showed up <laughs> to uh, this like weird cave in this uh, Mandalorian commune with the armor and everybody. And she was like, okay, I'll keep my helmet on. I'll do everything you ask um, because I'm curious about it. And that's always how it read to me is that she was curious. Uh, not that she was like yeah. fully bought in. And it was interesting that she accidentally redeemed herself yeah. by saving yeah, yeah, yeah. Pedro. So she didn't even want to be redeemed, but now she is. So now it's kind of like, well, I guess I'll check it out for a bit. So like that's that's way more interesting to me than um than Jaren getting redeemed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to me, it just seemed like she was kind of going, like you said, she's kind of just going with it. She's like, oh shit, I was redeemed too. It's like I didn't mean for that to happen. But then, but then the armorer, I think the armorer was it was smart enough to know, like, yeah, nah, Bo-Katan's just going along with this. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and do her a solid here and let her off the chain. Do you guys care at all about this Mythitar plot? I kind of care when it comes to the story, but I more so care when it comes to Katie Sackoff and Emily Swallow's, like, I guess we could say voice acting. Because I thought that scene was really good. And I, I really enjoyed seeing <laughs> the armor kind of confront, like, that's supposed to be a myth. Because this cult of the Mandalorian, we're supposed to, like, know, like, they're very intense. They're very, they don't, kind of follow most customs. So the idea that she heard this and kind of followed it, I thought was super cool. But I love this. I thought this was great. And it's like, okay, Bo-Katan, super compelling. The idea of her having her mask off, that makes sense because she kind of mostly grew up as a Mandalorian, but as one that had her mask off. So it's like, that makes sense. But she's still- And Katie Sackoff is on set. Of so course. she can take her helmet off. <laughs> yeah. But of course, she's still supposed to be the one that's going to lead us. So that's kind of the question. It's like there's like so few episodes left. I don't know what's going to happen for the first time in this season. Like we've kind of joked about previously. It's like, I guess this isn't we're finally here at the main goal. Uh, that's what it seems like. But we'll see. Yeah, it seems like we finally arrived at we need to take Mandalore back. But my question now is. We've been to Mandalore twice. Yeah. <laughs> what are they taking it back from? There's no army there. There's no occupying force. It seems like they're just taking it back from the environment, but they don't need an army to do that. They just need like willing colonizers. Yeah. The sad answer is probably the um, remaining pirates from episode five will follow them there. Oh my God. I don't care at all about these pirates. They get a place to move and then immediately they're like, now we have to go back to Mandalore. It's like, this seems way better than Mandalore. Yeah, like, this is actually a nice planet. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> so, we only have three episodes left, which I'm very nervous about, because for once in this season, we finally got characters saying, hey, you know what? Now's the time. 
this bump, let's do it, <laughs> because we got to retake a Mandalore. I know the three of us were like, isn't that what the whole season was supposed to be? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. And you know what? That's fine, as long as the rest of it's good. Turns out, you know what? But, guys, what are you hoping to see in these last, like, kind of couple episodes? Like, is there something specific when it comes to retaking Mandalore that will... I don't know, get you excited or are we just kind of like fucked on this show? Because like I said with Austin earlier, I wasn't going to watch any of this ex- until I found out that we had to record it, like a recorded episode. Like. <laughs> and I, I probably would have watched it like after the season was done, but I was like, ah, I'm, I'm done. So tell me, where are we at with this show? I really hate to be a downer, but I'm not excited for the second half of this season. Okay. I don't really care. and honestly. I don't think I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I think I'm going to tune out here. Um, maybe I'll wait. And if you guys say, hey, it, it was worth seeing through, I might go back to it. But I think I'm done. I'm not, I'm not, watch, I'm not wasting my time with more Star Wars stuff I don't care about. Yeah, I think I am going to watch it. Just because it'll bother me if I don't. And it's only three episodes left, so I might as well just watch it. But, um, and I will let you guys know if y'all don't end up watching it. I will let you know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you, if you said to me, Austin you got 12 more episodes of this. I'd be like, Oh, I'll just binge it later on like a, a couple months from now. But, uh, but I'll go ahead and finish it out. As far as what do I, what do I expect? I don't even know at this point. I don't know what they're trying to do. Um, I guess hopefully I'm just hoping they can close a can of worms that they've opened, which is the, the, the Dr. Pershing thing. Didn't probably need that whole storyline, but they opened it. So I want to see what happens with it now. What are they going to do with that? Um, as far as Mandalore, are the Mandalorians going to go back to Mandalore? They're going to leave leave their little sanctuary on Navarro. Um, is Grief Karga and maybe uh, the the Tuttle guy, um, Tim Meadows, are they going to provide some assistance with that maybe? And go save Mandalore. But uh, yeah, we'll just see what happens. I'll let you guys know. It's kind of a big whatever for me. I like watching the show. It kind of feels like a comfort food, but a comfort food that's like, oh, wow, I feel good. But that doesn't taste good, if that makes sense. <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm at. Where you feel bad after you 100%, ate your comfort food. 100%. Mm. So I don't know. You know, that's kind of where I'm at. I have nothing else to say. I want the, I want this series and show to succeed, but <laughs> I don't know, partner. <laughs> I don't think it will. It does feel like, though, there's no buzz around this season. Like the first two seasons, it felt like everyone was talking about it. Luke Skywalker, you know, they had those moments. I feel like nobody's talking about this season of The Mandalore. Maybe they should have just kept it contained and ended it with season two. That would have been a fine ending. Leaving him with Luke would have been great. Yeah. All right, everybody. Before we close out here, let's do some Arnie's Podcast Awards. This is the part of our show where we give something positive, negative, or something in between. So, Austin or Keith, what are you guys feeling? Yeah, I'm sticking with my bad attitude for this episode. Um, I'm going to give the honorary... Mark Hamill Regression Award to Mr. John Favreau. No! Season two of The Mandalorian was great, and then he regressed to season three. This is one of the worst things I've watched in a long time. Uh, might even be down there with Halloween Kills and Morbius. Uh, so, <laughs> Mr. John Favreau, you're a Star Wars person. It's only fitting that you get the honorary Mark Hamill Regression Award. Damn, sorry, John. And of course, that award is because Mark Hamill did such a big leap from A New Hope to The Empire Strikes Back. And then, unfortunately, he came back um, for Return of the Jedi. And it was such a downgrade in his performance from, from The Empire Strikes Back. So he 
was given the honorary Mark Hamill Regression Award because of his performance. And now anybody that we feel like has regressed uh, gets that award in honor of Mr. Mark Hamill. Okay. Damn. Sorry, John. I love you, buddy, but damn. Yeah, it's really not good. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and give the the Dead Man's Chest Award. And that just goes to Mandalorian Ooh. Season 3 overall. We get a pirate that looks just like Davy Jones. Um, we get some weird duel um, fighting that we called out earlier. We also have a, a blacksmith, uh, the armor. That seems like she all. That seems like that's all she does. It's just melting shit in that fire, that ring fire in the cave, just like Will Turner. So he speaks the truth. This is the way. Bootstrap, bootstrap, bootstraps, bootstraps. bootstraps. Uh, yeah, Dead Man's Chest Award, Mandalorian season three. Let's do this. I have the best one so far, Keith. I'm giving you an award this episode. Oh wow! I'm giving Keith the Ahmed Best Award because. I know that's scary. I know that's scary sounding. But, Keith, you are the best of us when it comes to Star Wars. And I would argue, Ahmed Best, he is the best of us when it comes to Star Wars. He played Jar Jar Binks when it comes to the Phantom Menace. And then he kind of got shit on for the rest of his entire life. And that reminds me of you, Keith. Congratulations. You're the ideal uh, Star Wars fan. You always see them yes. through. No matter what garbage they're putting out, you'll watch everything. Yeah. Uh, you haven't watched the Clone Wars there, so are you, are you really a true fan? Yeah, you could argue um, But yeah. anyways, I'm very happy for you that you're getting the Ahmed Best Award for being such a Star Wars super fan. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think it's an insult. Yeah, though, it kind of is. I guess we'll, I, I only time will tell. It, All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss any of our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we really would appreciate that so we can continue to grow the show. And hey, please give us reviews as well. Even if you don't want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts really does help us out. At The Arnie's is our social, and thearnies.media is the website. We'll be back next week on Tuesday specifically for another episode. All right. And lastly, we want to hear from you. So please send us a message on Instagram at The Arnie's or email us thearniesmedia at gmail.com. What did you think of The Mandalorian Season 3 so far? What are your hopes for the rest of the season? How stinky do you think the Swamp Pirate is on a scale of 1 to 10? Anything you say, we'll read on the show and react to it live on our latest episode. So everybody, have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next time. And um, in the meantime, I will be laying in my grave with my favorite Swamp Pirate. See you. This is the way. (laughs) 